gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Third and Long. I'm your host, Jacob, and we have an awesome show lined up for you guys today. Let's talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, because they are in the most interesting situation right now in this entire offseason. You see, the Buccaneers start the offseason by addressing the defense. They went out and got JPP. They drafted a new defensive tackle. They are loading up on the defense to get ready to battle a very tough NFC South. And they were hoping that their franchise quarterback would get some chemistry with Deshaun Jackson, more chemistry with Mike Evans, and they would make a deep playoff run. That was the plan, at least. A few weeks ago, Jameis Winston was hit with a three-game suspension. And since then, the question has been, what do the Buccaneers do next? I would like to read the first three games for you guys before we even talk about what their next move should be. They start the season against the Saints. Then it's the Eagles, the defending Super Bowl champion Eagles. Then the Steelers. And Jameis would be allowed to return to the team on week four against the Chicago Bears, who are completely redoing their offense. They've had a lot of weapons. You know, you got Allen Robinson. You got Taylor Gabriel. Hopefully Kevin White kind of emerges on his own. Jordan Howard's still there. Mitch Trubisky's going into year two. Offensive-minded coach. They could be the Rams of last year. I'm not saying they're going to be as good as the Rams, but an example of a team that completely turns it around with one offseason. They could be the Rams of last year. The Bears had a very good defense. A very good defense. And now with the offense going together... They could be a scary good team in that division. They're not an easy game to come back to. And I believe, I could be wrong, I believe that game is at Soldier Field. Yes, it is. So they will be playing in Chicago. Right now, the backup quarterback for the Buccaneers is Ryan Fitzpatrick, who a few years ago had that really impressive season with the Jets. But other than that, we kind of know who Ryan Fitzpatrick is. He's going to have some games where he throws multiple interceptions. And he's going to have some games where he's going to throw multiple touchdowns. He's never been just consistent. you got to ask yourself, looking at this schedule, before you even think about a backup quarterback, do I think Jameis could win these three games? And I'm going, to, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I don't think he could. If Jameis was playing, I don't think he could beat the Saints week one. I don't think he could beat the Eagles. And I definitely don't think he could beat the Steelers. So now you're asking for a backup quarterback to come in and win those three games. I think the Buccaneers are in some major trouble. And if I'm Dirk Cutter, I'm extremely upset because you have to understand, these players, they're the coach's livelihood. Jameis Winston, whether he realizes or not, he's Dirk Cutter's mortgage. That's his wife's car payment. That's his career. Time and time again, Jameis Winston has put himself in a situation where he's let the organization down. And the big thing that surprises me is the Buccaneers can't be shocked, right? Like, they can't, the, the, the warning signs have been there. I don't even have to get into the allegations at Florida State. Before entering the NFL draft, he had a situation where he stole crab legs. Then at the draft, he made a joke about it by actually having crab legs at his draft party. The signs have been there since day one. And now you have this incident. 
there comes a point where you have to realize that that situation that you're hoping for with Jameis, because I know what the Buccaneers want. They're waiting for that, that moment where Jameis gets scared straight. They're waiting for that moment where an event's going to happen, he's going to be punished severely, and Jameis is going to decide, nope, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm tired of this costing me millions of dollars. The problem is, is that Jameis has had that situation three times now. So you're looking at the first three games, which I don't think were winnable with Jameis Winston, looking like an uphill battle. To be honest, I don't think there's a solution here. But I do know one thing. If I was the Eagles, I'd be calling the Buccaneers right now. The Eagles did this a few years ago with the Minnesota Vikings. Waited just enough and then picked up the phone and said, Hey, we got this quarterback on the bench. He used to be a starter. His name's Sam Bradford. How much you want? Well, right now, sitting on their bench is the Super Bowl MVP. And I know they love him. And I know they said they're not going to trade him. But after the third preseason game, if the Buccaneers get a chance to look at what they have and they realize they're in serious trouble, man, if I was the Eagles, I'd be calling. Again, thank you so much for tuning in on the third and long. We have a great show lined up for you guys. Coming up next, I have my friend Trevor on board, and we're going to talk about some NFL teams, talk about what he's been doing on Reddit, and talking about the Cleveland Browns. Joining me at this time, guys, is my good friend Trevor, who wrote an amazing piece on the Cleveland Browns on the NFL subreddit. Uh, the piece is part of the 32 days, 32 NFL teams, where basically one person from each fan base or subreddit basically does his in-depth breakdown of their team. He did the Cleveland Browns, of course. Trevor, man, how are you doing? Awesome. How are you? I'm doing great. I have to say, first off, um, before we get into any discussion, your piece was really detailed. Like, it was incredible, man. Uh, it was longer than most of the other pieces written for the other teams, but I really enjoyed yours, particularly because uh, you were able to add a lot of hope from last season. You know, you very much talk about the previous year and then going into the next season, all the additions you guys added and stuff. And it really gives a sense of hope that this organization is turning around. So I have to give you props on that, man. That was a great piece. So listen, I opened the show talking about the Buccaneers, right? Yeah. And the Jameis Winston situation. I kind of want your thoughts on that real quick. Just to overall, what do you think about Jameis Winston being suspended for these three games? I mean... It's kind of hard for the Buccaneers because they were probably already going to lose those games or maybe only pull out one of them barely because it was it, they were a hard first three games. And also Jameis Winston, I mean, he's all right, but he's not the greatest quarterback in the world. And so he's not that real game changer that you need. So listen, what would you do? Like, do you start Ryan Fitzpatrick? Because personally, 
I, I had just pitched this earlier. If I'm the Eagles, I'm calling the Buccaneers. I'm telling him I have this quarterback on the bench named Nick Foles. He's Super Bowl MVP. What are you willing to give me for him? That's personally what I would do if I'm the Eagles. Uh, try to get as much as you can. They did it a few years ago with the Vikings with Sam Sam Bradford. What do the Buccaneers do in this situation? I feel like they just got to roll with Ryan Fitzpatrick then throw in Jameis, see if he deserves a second contract. Because if you trade for Nick Foles, like Foles is 29. He's got a few good years left, but he's you kind of already know what you're getting with Foles because he's good. He's not awesome. He'll never be an MVP candidate. But we're at the point in the NFL where you kind of need an awesome quarterback. And so, sure, Nick Foles could get you maybe right into the playoffs, but the Buccaneers aren't a good enough team to where Nick Foles could do much with them. And so let's say they start James Winston, tank, win like two or three games, and then get a high draft pick. If they don't like Jameis, draft a quarterback. If they like Jameis, sign him, draft like a defensive player to help their bad defense. You're necessarily saying like you've got to prepare for the future and decide whether or not you're going to you're going to tank or not. Is, is that what you're saying? Yeah, absolutely, because Nick Foles is 100% better than Ryan Fitzpatrick, but is it really worth like the first round pick that you're going to give up for him? Okay, but at the same time, Dirk Cutter's job is probably on the line. This is probably it for him. You know, you went out, you got these pieces on defense. Like they they actively went out and got a lot of pieces on defense. The JPP move, uh, you know, they drafted a new defensive tackle. How do you explain to management, like, okay, I know we've spent all this money, and I know we went out and, and made some moves, but we're going to tank. Wouldn't you rather at least try to win those first three games and hope that when Jameis comes back, there's, like, a spark? Maybe Nick Foles rolls. Like, what if, what if Nick Foles just starts rolling? In my opinion, you're not winning those first three games with Ryan Fitzpatrick. I just do not, unless those teams come out sleeping, which, I mean, is always a possibility. You know, the Steelers got caught sleeping against the Chicago Bears. Unless they come out sleeping, I just don't I don't see how they win those games. And I think with your job on the line, I don't think the Buccaneers management's going to allow Dirk Cutter, uh, Dirk Cutter to tank. Yeah, yeah, but every team that goes into a season tank, I mean, like, look at the Rams last year. Everyone thought they'd be in contention for the first pick, but they made the playoffs. I'm just saying that, you know, of course, you never know. You always want to try to win the first couple of games. But if you are losing the first few games, you realize you're not competing at all. You might as well tank. So you're looking at you trade for Nick Foles, playing three games. Maybe you win one. Maybe you don't. So then now you have to decide Nick Foles or Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston, you still invested a number one overall pick in him so many years ago. He's still a valuable asset. Like you turn around trade him for something. So I'm just saying that you get Nick Foles you're kind of putting yourself in the mediocrity zone for a while. Okay. I, I see that. I, I see that. I see that point. I'm just, it's interesting because at the same time, I mean, if they let Jameis walk, listen, I'm just not sold on Jameis. He's won what? 18 games in like three years. Yeah. Somewhere around that. And it's like either, you know, I could make an argument. I know I'm about to make Buccaneers fans mad. I could make an argument that Nick Foles is a better quarterback than Jameis Winston. Well, yeah, of course, but I'm just saying, you get Nick Foles, you probably have a mediocre to above average quarterback for the next so many years, and then now your team doesn't have that guy. Because Nick Foles, I don't think he's that guy. I mean, sure, he was awesome in the playoffs, but you watched him in the last game or so with the Eagles. He wasn't awesome. Yeah, it's it's going to be, you know, at the same time, Doug Peterson's also an amazing coach. It's it's a very interesting 
discussion to have. But let me ask you, do you give Jameis Winston a long-term deal? Like, if you're if you're Buccaneers management, they lose the first three games, Jameis comes back, they go 8-8, eight and eight, miss the playoffs. Your management, what do you do? You give you give them that long-term deal? If you go 8-8 eight and eight in the NFC South, which has all those awesome teams in it, you're assuming that Jameis Winston did pretty well. And so if they go now more realistically, if they go like four and twelve, five and eleven, you're looking at a don't sign him, draft a guy. But if they go eight and eight, clearly Jameis did something, right? I mean, I don't think they're led by that rookie running back they got or their awesome stellar defense that stepped up. I think Jameis Winston figured it out. So obviously give him a deal right there. But even even with all the problems off the field, because I listen, I understand that people make mistakes. I get it, right? Everybody makes mistakes. Everybody does some stupid stuff. He's done it three times, man. Three major mistakes. And they're pretty serious stuff. One of them is a rape allegation. The other one's domestic violence slash sexual harassment. And then stealing. Like, these are pretty, like, severe stuff, you know. It's the same argument I had with, with Baker Mayfield. There's a video of Baker Mayfield being chased by cops. And it's just not a good look. And I understand people make mistakes, but this is the quarterback. Like, this is the face of your franchise. It's the same problem I have with Big Ben. Like, in the end of the day, Big Ben has two pretty major accusations that were settled out of court, which is a pretty big sign that, you know, something went down. Um, And I can also say this as a Falcon fan. You know, like Michael Vick, like that whole thing is a horrible situation. I just don't know if I, if I was the Buccaneers, I don't know if I could sign that guy. Like I just, even if he we had an MVP season, I don't know if I could have him be the face of my franchise. Yeah. You're talking about Ben Roethlisberger right there. I mean, sure. Two, two or so accusations, but at the same time, Big Ben also has two Super Bowls. That's true. You look at it, sure, they're a pain off the field. Like, there's so many players like that. Like, Ruben Foster was just like that. He just had this big court trial. He suspended a few games. But he's awesome. Ezekiel Elliott, he was suspended six games. But he's also awesome. So I'm saying, if you're a great player, teams can look aside all these mistakes. They could say, sure, he's a pain. But look at how much we're winning. Look at all these Look at all the money we're getting, everything. So, But the, the thing is, they're not winning, though. And, and... I would also argue this. Yes, Big Ben has those two accusations, right? Two major ones. But since then, nothing. I mean, yes, he's had he's a drama queen. Sorry, Steeler fans. He is kind of a drama queen. You know, I'm going to retire. Uh, no, I'm not. You know, <laughs> um, how dare you draft this guy? But, like, he hasn't done anything severe since those accusations. Like, he got scared straight, which is what the Buccaneers keep hoping for. That happened already with Big Ben. It hasn't happened for Jameis. With Jameis Winston, you're talking, if you give him a deal, first of all, not just the off-the-field stuff, he's also not been great on the field. So if you give him a deal, you're assuming that he did all right on the field. But by, because a rookie deal, it's a lot of money, but it's not like top-tier quarterback money. And so if you sign Jameis Winston, you're probably giving him like around $20 million. And so that would really knock him in straight. Like, hey, if I keep my act together, don't drink for a little bit. Because he can do whatever he wants after he retires. How did you um, how'd you feel about his uh, apology? Have you actually like read his apology? Uh, James Winston's? Yeah, the one for this uh, Uber situation. 
Uh, no, I saw he gave them, but I never read it. Well, it's actually very interesting because he actually never takes responsibility for the uh, the actual incident. He he, I'm sure someone else wrote it. Um, but well, yeah, that's what they all got agents for. <laughs> yeah, but like in the statement, he he talks about how like he doesn't remember what happened, and that um, you know he's sorry he put the person in a bad situation, um, and that he's upset with the NFL's decision, but not once does he ever come out and say, I'm sorry for, for inappropriately touching you. Like he never actually says like in the statement, there's never actually the word saying, I'm sorry for doing this. He like beats around the bush, the entire statement. Well, I mean, yeah, but at the same time, like I've been saying, winning beats everything. If you're uh, even with the off the field issues, if you can win them games, which almost made the playoffs like 2016, so if you can get back in sync with Mike Evans and you get your offensive line together, you can win. And that makes up for it, really. Yeah, but then also just talking about the roster itself, you're right, this Buccaneers team is not as good as that Eagles team. But second, it's not even that good in the NFC South. Yes, it's uh, uh, it's it got improved, but it's still the worst team in the NFC South. I think we can both agree to that. Yeah, which goes back to why you shouldn't get Nick Foles because – Nick Foles, he's not that 23, 24-year-old young quarterback who you can develop to win the NFC South when Drew Brees retires, when Cam Newton eventually falls off, when Matt Ryan gets a little bit worse. So I'm saying, you get Nick Foles, you're on par in age-wise with the other ones. If you get Nick Foles, you got to give up a first-round pick. Get a rookie there. Now you have a competitive team for the future post-Drew Brees, post-dominant Panthers and Falcons. Tell you what, the Buccaneers have some tough decision-making to do. Uh, It's going to be interesting to see how this whole thing plays off. But as of right now, it looks like it's going to be a tough three weeks uh, for the Buccaneers. And we'll see. Did you know who they play again? I know it's hard, but I don't really know who they play. It's the Saints, Eagles, and Steelers. Uh, And then, yeah, Jameis will be allowed to return against the Bears at Chicago. I like that Bears team. Yeah, it, they're sneaky good on paper. It doesn't mean they're going to be good on the field, as you know, but you know they had a top-10 defense last year and then uh, got an offensive-minded coach. They got new weapons and Allen Robinson uh, and Taylor Gabriel. Jordan Howard's coming back. Uh, Mitch Trubisky going into year two. Uh, you know, they, they, they're loaded. They're loaded. It's going to be interesting. The Bears are going to be a fun team. Yeah, the Bears are going to be fun. Um, not to mention, after the Bears, they got the Falcons. And then uh, your Browns. So... Uh, yeah, yeah, it's going to be. It's, it, they have a tough schedule. They do not have an easy schedule, and the whole Jameis situation just makes everything worse. Uh huh. Of course. I mean, there's a legitimate chance going into the Browns game that they could be winless. I mean, it's possible. Unlike, I mean, sure, it's unlikely just the way the world works, but it's possible. And then they leave the Browns game winless because the Browns are going to win. Ah. Uh-huh. I like that. I like that. You you have a lot of hope. Let's talk about your uh, your Browns, man. I got I to gotta admit, the moves this year for the Browns look awesome. They look really good. There's only one thing I disagree on, and we're about to have another quarterback conversation. I still think they took the wrong quarterback in the NFL draft. I, I still think they took the wrong guy. So like I don't. Listen. Baker 
His ceiling is amazing. I think his ceiling is higher than Donald. Okay. I, I don't think he had the highest ceiling, though. I think Allen has the highest ceiling. Oh, yeah. Without but, a doubt. Yeah, but Allen is like the least pro ready. Like, Allen needs to develop for a couple of years. I think Baker also has the highest chance to combust, you know? And I think if you're the Browns. Okay, here, here's what I will say about, about Baker you're getting one hell of a leader. You're getting oh, yeah. one heck of a leader. Like, the, the dude can lead, he can inspire, uh, he has a lot of energy, which is something the Browns really do need. And I think, I honestly think he's a great teammate. I don't know where this whole he's a bad teammate comes from. Mm -hmm. Um, I think he's a great. Every time I watched him play college football for Oklahoma, the guys rallied around him. In fact, I think they beat Georgia in that playoff game if the play calling was better. That first possession in overtime, that was some of the worst play calling I'd ever seen. They ran the ball. Three, yeah, three times. All three downs, they ran the ball. You have the Heisman winner. Put the ball in his hands. But that that's a different story. That, that's, that's a completely different story. But basically, uh, I, the thing about Donald is that Donald is cool collective. I don't think Donald will lose you the game. I think Baker can lose you the game. Donald reminds me, he reminds me of a, a Payne Manning type. Someone who's going to pick you apart. You know what I mean? He's never he's never yeah. going to – I think that's what his pro game is going to end up being. Yes, Darnold had a lot of turnovers in college, but I think once he gets in the – like once he starts playing in the NFL, I think ultimately he's going to be a line of scrimmage guy, audible. He's going to he's gonna pick you apart, slowly move down the field. I think that's what eventually his, his game is going to be because I think he's in a situation where he has to play like that for the Jets. Like he knows yeah. he can't put the Jets in a situation where he, he throws multiple picks because they just don't have the team – around him to win that game. You know what I mean? If he doesn't mm-hmm. play well. I think Baker's that's just not Baker's game. Baker's Baker's a gunslinger. He's gonna he's gonna throw some touchdowns that are gonna make you think he's a Hall of Famer. But he's also gonna I think he's also gonna throw some really bad interceptions. And he's gonna lose you guys some some games. Well every rookie throws some bad interceptions, but I, I here's the thing, okay? So I liked Darnold. I watch. I didn't watch a lot of film. I'm not going to pretend I was one of those guys who watched like every game of every quarterback. But I watched like two or three games of Darnold, and then two or three games of Allen. And I didn't actually watch much Baker, but that's a different thing. So I, when I watched Darnold, I really liked Darnold. I think Darnold's awesome. And he's like the most going into the draft, he's the most oh, yeah, definitely. But like, I wanted Darnold going into the draft, and like when they drafted Baker, I was a little bit skeptical. But the more I look into it, like, because I didn't actually watch a lot of Baker Mayfield, but, like, when I watched some Baker Mayfield, I watched his Colin Cowherd thing, I watched his Behind Baker documentary. Like, the more and more I liked him as a person, as a player, I thought it was, like, the more I'm looking at it, it was an amazing pick, really. No, I think I think he will end up being a franchise quarterback. I don't think he's Johnny Menzel. I hate that he gets compared to Johnny. I just mm-hmm. don't know if he's the quarterback you guys need right now, which granted you guys have Tyrod Taylor. So let's see if the Browns keep their word and Tyrod's going to be the starter for the majority of the year. I just don't think you can throw him into the fire. Like I, I just do not. If you throw Baker into the, uh, into the fire, I think he combusts and falls apart. Like I, I do not think he ends up being what you guys need. He needs to be kept off the field for a little bit until the Browns team around him is even better. That's just me. I think if you keep him clean for the first year, I think you guys have a franchise quarterback. I think if he gets thrown mm-hmm. in there, 
man, I think bad things are going to happen. I think I don't I don't think he's going to he's going to end up being what you guys want simply because um I don't he's never had that situation before. But speaking of Baker Mayfield games, if you want to if I don't know if you've seen it yet, but if there's a game where you want to see what type of uh what type of player you're really getting, man, uh Ohio State. I'm an Ohio State fan. I watched that game live. That was his Heisman moment. That's more where he won the Heisman. Oh yeah, definitely. That was an awesome game by Baker Mayfield. Yeah, no, that is that is that's the game that really like raised his uh his draft stock was uh-huh. that game completely. And Urban Meyer just had no answer. He had it, <laughs> no answer for uh for Baker Mayfield. But listen, you guys have completely turned the team around with some awesome pickups. What's your prediction for the Browns, man? And also, what's been the biggest pickup for you guys this year? What do you think would be like the best move you guys have made? I'll start with the best move. Um, I it's kind of hard to say. It's probably between Tyrod or Jarvis Landry. I think that Tyrod is like a more important pick for right now, but he's also not a long term guy. He only has one year on his deal. He'll probably just be a free agent next year unless he's like awesome and leads us to the playoffs. But Jarvis Landry, man, that was awesome. Like, we got him from the Dolphins for like a third and a seventh. That was just an awesome trade. Um, we signed him to a great contract where, even though it's really expensive, we have like a 2020 out. We can get out of the contract if we really need to. So, and I feel like Jarvis Landry was just awesome. He, because last year with the Browns, for a majority of the year, like Ricardo Lewis was our number one wide receiver, which was awful. That 2016 draft where they drafted like five wide receivers or something crazy like that. Yeah. They were all playing right there. And that was just an awful, awful few weeks before Corey Coleman got back. We got well, and so going on to the predictions, like I there a lot of people around Cleveland are saying like five or six, but I think that they could realistically win seven or eight. Ooh. Ooh. Um because oof. <laughs> so because you look at this team. And, like, the only part of the Browns that stayed about the same was the offensive and defensive line. I mean, Joe Thomas left, which is huge. But at the same time, we didn't have him for a lot of the season. And we also upgraded right tackle. So, I mean, the offensive line got a little bit worse. But the defensive line is about the same. Danny Shelton was all right, but he wasn't this awesome first-round pick that we tried to get. And so, but besides the offensive and defensive line, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, so much better at every spot. Got the secondary and linebacker. I mean, we got Michael Kendricks. We got all that secondary so much better. So normally when a team like bounces back like this, like the Rams or the Jaguars, it's because they got one or two awesome pieces to complete the team. This is a totally new team. It's not the same 0-16 Browns. The only same part of it is the coach and a few of the old players. It's a completely new team i think it can be anywhere they could win any amount of games i like it i like the passion man um is this hugh jackson's last year is this is this Uh, make or break for him i think that hugh jackson is getting a little bit more dirt than he should be but he's also not very good like people are saying oh you have to fire him i didn't think we should have fired him i'm glad we kept him but I think it's his last year unless the Browns are like 8-8 eight and eight awesome. Because I the reason they didn't fire Hugh Jackson wasn't because they wanted to keep him. It was because there were no options who wanted to come to Cleveland. 
So if you fire Hugh Jackson, you're not getting any of the good replacements. You're just stuck in another hole again. So you keep Hugh Jackson. If he's awesome, he's awesome. You keep him. But if he's not good, you get rid of him. You sign whoever is a coach free agent next year. And that way, because the Browns will actually probably, probably, hopefully, show some promise next year, which will make a coach want to coach there. Um, how do you feel about Hard Knocks being with the Browns? Oh, I'm excited. I'm going to watch it. I don't know what difference it will have on the team. I kind of doubt it does anything, like, skill-wise. Well, a, lot but... of, a lot of coaches don't like it simply because they believe it's a distraction. Oh, well, I'm not a coach. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just know there's been a lot of fans that have been like, don't like it. Nah, nope, nope. You know, like, and there's been some fans that are, like, super excited about it. You know, I remember when Hard Knocks was uh, with the Falcons, and I remember the fan base being very divided on it. I remember the fan base being like, no, we need to focus on winning games, not making a TV show. And a lot of other fans were like, yeah, I want to see how the teams ran. You know, it's it's a very interesting thing. Here's the thing that a lot of people don't know, though. Um, every team that Hard Knocks has appeared on the last six years has gone negative. <laughs> Might want to be a little concerned. I'm just playing. But, um, I, don't, I don't know. I did not know that, but. Yeah, they uh, it, it started with the Falcons, actually. <laughs> it doesn't have a great track record right now. Um, <laughs> but, man. I really love talking to you about the Browns. I just want to let you know that Sports Illustrated has you guys going uh, four and twelve, but we shall see. We shall see. Yeah, I really, um, I really like what you guys have done. The only thing I think I would have done differently if I was the Browns GM, not talking about the Baker Sam thing, is instead of drafting mm-hmm. a Ward, I think I would have drafted mm-hmm. uh, Chubb and um, Bradley Chubb. And uh, had a Miles Garrett Bradley Chubb duo, but yeah, I don't, I don't agree with that. But because Denzel Ward, I think he's awesome. Uh, Bradley Chubb, I mean, he's going to be good. Okay, I think Bradley Chubb's going to be good. I don't know if he's going to be that elite pass rusher, but him and Miles Garrett versus Agua and Miles Garrett, sure, Chubb would be better. But I think the secondary was a bigger need, and Agba's still good. I'm just a big believer in. Football games were one of the trenches. I, I'm just, mm-hmm. I'm a huge believer in that. I thought I was actually really happy when Miles Garrett went to the Browns because I think Miles Garrett is going to be a stud for you guys for so many years. He's going to be amazing. Um, I, I, I'm telling you, you guys are so blessed to have Miles Garrett. In a few years, he's going to lead the NFL in sacks. Like he's he's oh yeah, he's going to be awesome. Yeah, I'm just a firm believer in that games are won in the trenches, and I think Miles Garrett. Um, and a Bradley Chubb duo would would wreck havoc for a good ten plus years. I I really truly believe that. Um, but I gotta ask something since you're such a Cleveland fan, uh, and you like Ohio State and stuff. Are you big into basketball? Uh, not as much as football, but I still like it. Okay, are you? I'm guessing you're a, uh, a Cavs fan. Yes, man. What is it like to lose two Hall of Fame players in two different sports? You lost Joe Thomas. Now and and you've lost LeBron. How how does that feel as a Cleveland fan? Oh man, I mean, besides the Indians, every Cleveland team is like gonna looking like it's about to be pretty bad. I mean, the Browns are not going to be awesome. I know that, but like it's looking like the Browns and Cavs are both going to be kind of bad. Maybe Browns will be mediocre, Cavs will win like 30, 40 games, but 
I don't think no one in Cleveland was surprised when LeBron left. Everyone kind of knew it. And so I felt like no, no one's really that mad. Everyone's happy. We got the championship and with Joe Thomas though. Like people are sad because he was the face of Cleveland for, well, LeBron was the face of Cleveland, but he was the face of the Browns for a long time. Joe Thomas, no one really thought he was going to retire. And, but as he kept dragging it out, because normally when a player retires, especially with Joe Thomas's caliber, they don't really drag it out like that. But I, he was seriously considering, like, do I want to keep playing or do I want to like just mess with the media? Because he's going to be a media guy. He's going to get some big deals with the media. Oh, yeah, uh, absolutely. He he knows me. He's very knowledgeable, good guy. W- wouldn't be surprised if he gets a Fox deal or something like that. Yeah. Have you listened to his podcast? I have not. Is it good? It's it's really funny. It's really funny. I've heard he's actually like a, a quite humorous guy. Yeah, he had that uh that ongoing joke about him buying the Panthers, and people were like, "Yeah, that was funny. yeah." And the you see the first offensive lineman in an NFL history thing. Yes, yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, he rode that for a while. It was funny. Yeah, so he's a he was he was a great player, and man, uh, my heart kind of hurt when he retired. You know, again, kind of came out. It was it was just kind of – I didn't follow the story, so I didn't know he was considering retirement. So when he retired, it just kind of came out of nowhere for me, and I was like, oh, that's shocking. See you again, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, and I, I, I guess I was probably paying more attention to it than you were just considering I'm a Browns fan. And near the end, I was like, yeah, he's probably about to retire. For a while, I didn't think he was going to, but – Near like the week before, I was like, "All right, this guy's about to retire." He's been like practicing with Sean Coleman. He's about to retire. Yeah. Well, man, thank you so much for being on the show. I love talking to you today, and uh, good luck to your Browns. I'm sure we're gonna have you on the show in the future. Awesome, thank you, and, uh, guys. If you're part of the NFL subreddit on Reddit, go and read uh, his wrap up on the Cleveland Browns as part of the 32 days, 32 NFL teams. Uh, Trevor did the Cleveland Browns. Great read. Fantastic. Uh, I sound like Donald Trump. Cut that out. Uh, <laughs> great read. It, it's really in depth. Well done. And, uh, you know, honestly, you guys will really enjoy it. If you want to leave the Trump thing in there, go ahead. Uh, it's just, <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, thank you so much, Trevor. And, uh, thank you guys so much for listening. We'll see you guys next week. Take care.